Herald of Steel beckons. War on the horizon. Chaos reigns supreme. But who will save us? Beckons of the Herald of Steel is a 5th edition homebrew campaign. It is a high fantasy and old school flavored campaign run by me, the young Rognard, and my friends. Let's meet those friends now. I am Anthony Santiago, and I'm playing Norhill Hammerstone, Dwarven Fighter. I'm Jared, and I'll be playing Jarzak, the Orc Warlock. I'm Ryan, and I'm going to be playing Klika, the Goblin Sorcerer. I'm Veronica. I'll be playing Anton, the Human Cleric. While many prophecies are written, our story has yet to be completed. Follow us into adventure. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I am Grognard the Young, the Young Grognard on a campaign trip with the Beckons of the Herald of Steel from the Queen Adventure Series with the module, The Way of the Queen, well underway. Our party had retrieved the true alchemical components, saved the town of Gaborah, and now uh, have returned to Orderglare with the prepared element, uh, the, uh, sorry, alchemical components. Uh, and at this point in time, um, yeah, Ordeglare is pretty much finishing up making the scroll with two members of the party in his magical little abode and two people outside at the old fishing hole. Um, and so the players who are inside are treated to pretty much any meal they could fancy in a wonderful room that's absolutely beautiful, adorned with many rich fabrics, smelling incense, and faint music in the distance. Whereas the other two are fighting um, against the cold by the lake, their fishing poles early in the morning. So I guess we pick it up in the morning when you guys wake up and you guys are either fishing at the wee hours of morning in night or, yeah, well, I'll say that. So Jarzak and Kalika are out there fishing. So uh, as far as great. fishing goes, do you both have fishing gear or is it just Jarzak? Just Jarzak. Just me. All right, so why doesn't Jarzak pick one of the individual skills, I mean, uh, ability scores to use for his fishing check? And then I'll let Kalika roll nurse on it, as I imagine Kalika's going to be helping out. Mm. I can pick any skill I want. Physical skill. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Basically anything but charisma. You ain't sweet-talking the fish, buddy boy. Look, the only physical skill that Jarzak has good doesn't matter on a nat one. <laughs> Do you get a nat one? Fuck, yes. God damn it. Woo. I've had so many of them lately. Well, hold on. If Kalika can land the... Ch what what actual ability score did you roll? Con. Okay, so Kalika can roll a con, uh, con roll, and then if she succeeds, you get advantage, right? Okay. Well, the good news is I doubled what Jared rolled. <laughs> the so... bad news is <laughs> you only doubled what Jared rolled. With my modifier, that's a six. So you guys are out there, and, and Jarzak's like, if we stand perfectly still in the water, like this water is freezing literally around my ankles. Like, I know, but if we stand perfectly still, the fish will come. Like, you don't even have your fishing pole. They will come to us. And so for the next few hours, you guys stand out there in the deep, penetrating, painful cold of the water uh, and manage not to catch a thing except for a mild cold. Of the just imagine Jarzak hasn't seen much uh, actual fishing poles, just like makeshift nets and stuff. And so he just, you know, is holding it upside down, class, classic with this group. And just the <laughs> wooden part of it's just in the water and he's holding on to the string. Yeah. You're like, I've like, got it, guys. The heavy part has to go in the water so there's yeah, so more for the fish to bite. Yeah, yeah. this totally makes sense, Kliga. Well, like, we want a big fish, not little fish. We got yeah. to <laughs> gotta get enough to feed everybody. That would be rude if we only fed ourselves. Meanwhile, Nora Hill and Anton are woken to the soft sounds of violin and piccolo accompaniment as small songbirds come into the room to awaken you for your breakfast treat. 
<laughs> and a series of warm and pillowy flapjacks come out on small silver platters with a small side of sizzling bacon and sausage. Is this guy like a princess or something? Is this fancy as hell? It's called Living Large, Ronnie. Okay, try it on sometime. Lika sneezes and one of her toes falls off. <laughs> Outside. Yeah. <gasps> um, it just somehow mysteriously wormholes into the, the wizard's <laughs> lair. He's like, ah, God, what is this thing? It's just going to be on the chessboard next time where one of the pawns was. It, it lands on the scroll as he's preparing it. And it's yeah. just like, oh, no, a new component. No. <laughs> just clones Klika. I'm Klika, too. Oh, no. Not again. But anyway, you're okay. Klika. <laughs> we are Klika. And so at this point, the uh, that's so dumb. I don't, Why are we having such silly episodes that it's so painfully dumb? But anyway, with that, the uh, the wizard comes to greet you guys as you prepared yourselves and get ready for the next day. Uh, he opens the doorway to your chamber here, and he greets you warmly and says, The scroll has been completed. And he hands over what looks to be a reinforced, like, bone-looking canister with a couple of locking faces on it for holding the scroll. Um, and he hands it over to both of you two. I imagine to Anton, since Anton had the vial in the first place. And he looks to both of you and he says, now, I must ask for the sake of my own hand in this, where exactly do you plan on finding this Hydra? Do you know the way? Well, the queen told us the general location, but we might need more specific directions. And so with that, he nods a couple of times and he says, this may have been something she had planned all along. And he shifts an eyebrow wearily, and he looks back at both of you two, and he says, Within the swamps of Urigig, there are certain tribes of lizard folk. I spent much of the night last night studying on this very topic in order to potentially help you in case you didn't know, but also as something of a safety in case I questioned these things. You gave me the wrong answers. He says, This scroll is very powerful. This spell, very dangerous. So I guess it's in everybody's best interest that my magics are put to good use and not questionable. So if there's anything I can tell you about these lizard folk, please do ask. I don't want to, I don't know, patronize you and tell you about things you clearly already know about. Are the the lizard folk friendly, peaceful? Oh, no. No, 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 no. Not not really. Well, some of them are, but I don't know. It depends. There's one very distinct way of telling if they're friendly or not. What would that be? Oh, damned if I knew. They mention it in the book, but apparently they died before they could write it down. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and he says, well, the way you can tell is if they kill you and eat you. And he chortles a little bit to himself, kind of giggling as his robes change from bright red to a nice bubblegum pink for a second and go back to red. And he says... Uh, but I guess if I'm being fair with you, it's it's hard to tell. Do you have any means of speaking Draconic? I don't. Hmm. Oh, actually, no, I don't. Ah, well, that may be difficult. He says, perhaps they can be reasoned with. I know that elves are at times friends of the lizard folk, and it does seem that there is some level of a neutrality amongst them, so your best bet is probably to speak amongst the lizard folk. There are certain mentions of a tribe deep within the swamps, far north of Glory Wake, that have some strange religious reverence of draconic beasts. And whether or not the mentions in here of beasts in the swamps that maim and devour, whether these are references to draconic beasts or something akin to a hydra, that's up for interpretation. But it seems like this would probably be your best bet. Uh, as far as the tribe goes, the tribe of lizard folk are known as the Kazrathith. They are not known to be very friendly, and they seem to be fervently religious. And so, if push comes to shove, you must probably drop to your hands and knees and beg for forgiveness from Samanwa. But that's about all I can tell you, I suppose. So, for whatever that's worth, 
I guess that that's about everything I can help you with here. Um, I wish you the best of luck with everything that you're all doing, and remember to keep in mind that what you're doing now could change quite a lot of fates in this world, and for that reason, do be careful and clean behind your ears. Thank you for your service and assistance. And so with that, the party is gestured out of the place, go through a bit of a warp, and blues could do their way back out of there and see a shivering Gleek <laughs> and Jarzak in the early hours of morning, still shivering out there fishing for frogs. Catch anything? Uh, yeah. Oh, so full. Uh, we forgot to share those. All right, we we weren't able to catch any. This fisher business is so tough. I, I, I just, I don't know if I can do it. It's not for me. And it uh, might only get tougher. We found that the best way to locate the Hydra is to also locate a tribe of dangerous and violent lizard folk that live deep in the swamp. I don't know if... This and vision is tough. hard to tell them from other tribes of more or less friendly lizard folk that also live in the swamp. I look toward Klika and I say, you have blood of the dragon within you. They may find a kinship with you, especially if you were able to speak with them. I can only imagine that conversation. I know, <laughs> I know we're going to have to see it at some point, but boy, sometimes you're on the top of a hill looking down. And you just think, if I tripped and fell, how bad would it hurt? And so when I think of Klika speaking to the cannibalistic lizards and being the only one who can talk to them, I just, yeah. you know... Yeah. I mean, we also have that Friend of the Elves potion, so if, if we push comes to shove, I guess see if that works. I mean, yeah, Klika speaks Draconic and Elvish, so she's ah. on it. She's our liaison <laughs> to these magical lands. We're so doomed. Well, at okay. least somebody will be able to speak their tongue. Yeah, um, Klika, Klika <laughs> can... Um, she knows a couple of the words, so it should be okay. I only worry about if this group is as religious as Ortegler said removing their one of their favorite creatures from their home may not be received well. <laughs> you think? No, we're going to have to be ready to pull a hasty retreat. Seems like that's what you guys are We're best gonna have at. to be willing to capture a Hydra. Spell or no spell, this will not be an easy task. You don't even know how the spell will work. You guys got instructions on how to use it, right? <laughs> Just that <laughs> noise. <laughs> no, I mean, anybody who can cast arcane spells is capable of casting this, so seems like we've got two individuals in the team who can do it. Good thing it was the two people who didn't hear the instruction. <laughs> no, nah, but I mean, following the draconic runes on there is easy enough for anybody who can cast uh, spells. Um, and so at this point, uh, it would make sense for the party to probably head back uh, towards the swamps, uh, the uh, swamps of Urigig, uh, and on the way, you guys will probably stop in Gabora. Um, I need to buy. I need to buy rations in Gabora. <laughs> Fair enough. So we'll just uh, fast track the party and say that you have pretty much as uneventful a trip through Gabora uh, on the way back to Gabora as you did the first time, um, apart from the whole hash-slinging slasher group of bandits in the evening. But the party about three days later arrive in Gabora. And you guys are able to restock on supplies before heading out. Unless anybody would like to do something while in Gabor to maybe... I'm going to buy like six rations. Okay. Um, that's going to be three gold pieces. I will also buy six days worth of rations. Oh, um, was there anything you guys wanted to do around town while you're here? When you get a moment, can you send the name of the Lizardmen tribe and their god over some sort of messaging system? Because I'm never going to get it from <laughs> you saying it. Oh, come on, man. No. You mean I mean, you can repeat them, but I, it's not going to help me. <laughs> the power of technology. I send to thee the name. Kazrathrith. 
Kazrathith is the name of the tribe. And Samanua is the name of the uh, the god there. Um, but okay, and was there anything you guys wanted to do in town? Anything? Anything at all, apart from buying supplies? Or did you want to just head out? I think you just head out. Yeah. Okay, so the party heads blindly into the swamps. So for the first day of travel, the party is going to be um, heading off through the plains and following the river uh, to the west towards the swamps of Yurigig. Um, but after that first day of travel, the party is going to make it into the swamps. So we're going to begin our uh, improvisational travel after the first day of travel in the plains. So could I get another trail ration from everybody? And we'll do the three trail rations for that day of travel. All right, we're just burning through the food. That's why we need pack mule. So we do need a pack mule. So as the party make their way into the swamps of Yurigig, the first thing you notice is the ground becomes a lot more soft and spongy. You notice lots more little ponds and streams out here. Uh, the trees stop being so tall and you start to see them getting more stout and widespread. Um, but I think that the most peculiar sight for anybody who's not from around here, which I think the only person who would know about this would be either Jarzak or Anton. Anton would know about this pretty clearly since Glory Wake's right outside the swamps. Jarzak would have had to travel through here at one point. Well, actually, I guess everybody traveled through here on their way to Cooperford, so I guess nobody's too surprised by it, but entering the swamps proper, like the deep swamps out here, you guys can see what almost look like like um, yellow and bright green uh, sea anemone looking things that just kind of like cuttlefish and like crawl along the tree branches out here and everything but they almost look like these weird like reverse jellyfish kind of sea anemone little squiggly things that are bright yellow bright orange bright green a lot of neon colors but they look like flowers but they like start to just kind of wriggle around and every once in a while they kind of sort of try to climb up on you guys and anybody who's anybody who's traveled out here knows that even though they're not hostile you really don't want to leave one of these things on you for too long because they make you go to sleep for a long, long time if they start to get you with that little neurotoxin. There's an old sort of saying about which colors are the ones you can trust and which ones you should be worried about. But the general consensus is that the orange ones are definitely not the ones you want to have on you for a long time. And so with that, what would you guys like to do for your improvisational travel routine out here for a day in the swamps? Brought to you by the letter Ugh. I just to make sure if any of them walk on me, I gently pluck them off or however I can remove them and put them back on the ground or a tree. Fair enough. Goodbye, little one. <laughs> Don't poison me. <laughs> What's Jarzak up to? Usually you end up being the last in line. I'm going to put you up to the second place, uh, second place seat here. Oh, that's good. That's good. What you got, Swamp Boy? Uh, Jarzak's probably going to purposefully stomp in like every big muddy puddle he can find <laughs> so that he can person personally maim the puddle yeah just makes a huge mud splash everywhere around him why why is this the, why is this the way you are <laughs> okay and so apart from that uh Klika and norhill what are you guys doing during this travel so you said these things are like sea anemones? Kind of. They Is just that... wriggle around a little bit quicker. Okay. Um, I think maybe this time of year they are this is when they breed and maybe we sort of stumble across like a big like almost like a whole I don't know. Like you guys take the wrong turn and you see the, of, like, yeah, the, I, like, the gulch filled to the brim with them. Like a yeah, where it's just like the whole of, thing. And <laughs> just like, it's like all brightly colored and they're just sort of releasing their like weird spores in the air in the way that, you know, fucking anemones do. Just but somehow it smells like Swedish fish and Doritos in there. Yeah, it's just hyper colored and just <laughs> very pretty. We came across it like just as the sun was setting so like there was like a dim glow as we came over the little hill and then just saw the whole thing laid out and it was just very very colorful and beautiful like a reverse a like lisa what is the name of uh that 
art Lisa Frank, like a Lisa Frank sunset. Oh, okay. So one of those like super deep colored, wild with a contrast of black to it sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, the sad part is they all die when they're breeding, apparently. And all the fine. spores are the ones that grow. So by the end of the night, they're just sitting there soaking. Oh, but it's definitely a beautiful sight. So I guess Norhill is the last one for the activity of the day in the swamp. So what's he got for us? All right. Uh, can we encounter like some sign of lizard folk civilization? You know, like, you know, all like stick dolls or like scarecrows hanging from the trees, like Blair Witch trial, uh, Blair Witch style. <laughs> the Blair Witch trial. <laughs> Yeah, that's too. Uh, um, you bitch, what'd you do to him? <laughs> or like, yeah, it's like, you know, put, like claw marks on the trees and stuff. Sure, I'll give you, I'll let you uh, roll for either an investigate or a perception check, whichever one's better for you. 18, investigation. Okay, so you do not notice anything of the sort related to the lizard folk like that. But what you do instead see are a couple of like, tree-based lean-tos and you also see a couple of arrows that seem to be like knocked into trees as if for ready usage and you can also see a couple of like standing branches in a way that it looks like somebody could sort of like stand up there for a really good view amongst the foliage so every once in a while you see one of these posts once you guys are around that little breeding pool and so it seems like you're starting to notice that there's some group out here in the swamps that have a very good foothold no pun intended, on what they're doing out here. So, what would you guys like to do now? It's time for rest, I suppose, because now after our fancy colorful rave, I guess that's when bedtime happens. So, is there an order of the watch we would like to give me? Who's first? To take one of the late watches, so second or third. I can go first. Click will go third. I uh, can go last. Okay, so fair enough. Um, as night goes on, you guys can hear the sounds of, uh, I guess, the late season. So it's it's pretty much just windy through here. You every once in a while hear the sounds of like uh, mammalian critters that hang out amongst the uh, amongst the swamps, making some noises and chortlings as they're fetching for food and whatnot. But they stay away from you guys. As I imagine, you keep a fire when you're out here, or is that oh, not yeah. a good idea? Okay. Oh, I'm definitely doing a fire. Whether or not we want a fire, Anton makes one. <laughs> Very good. Um, I also okay. want to take time um, on during my watch to cast mending or prestidigitation to clean off all the dirt that Jarzak got all over himself and everyone else no. with all the puddles. That's why he did it, because you did this before. He needed to get it dirty again. Yeah. Oh, you know, that makes a lot of sense now that I think about it. <laughs> he wakes up and everything's all clean again. Why have you done this to me? Just um, look, looks at himself as he's taking over his watch. He's like, why? Why again? <laughs> And so um, the next morning comes, um, and I'm going to need the party. Somebody's going to have to roll a survival check to start navigating this swamp. Okay, can Klika get guidance? Hey, yeah. It sounds so reluctant. <laughs> I guess so. I didn't really want this to work out. No, I'm just a really slow reader. You just roll a d4 and grant it to somebody else yeah. for a check. Oh, and you get another single point. <laughs> nice. That takes my 19 to a soft 20. Ooh, yeah. snap. So with that, Kalika's heading the way that sort of makes sense, expecting that anybody who's a lizard folk probably wants a good blend of aquatics as well as land. So following streams that seem fruitful and following paths amongst the bushes that seem to offer good cover, uh, Kalika makes her way north, northwest, uh, farther up into the swamps. Um, but I will say that Kalika at the end of this hour of travel notices something very interesting up in the trees as well as you see something of like a couple of uh, how do I want to say it artificial branches that actually look more like ladder rungs than they actually look like branches and as Kalika follows the vision all the way up to the top of the tree you can see that this tree stands out as being a lot taller than the rest but manages to be amongst a lot of other sort of oddly tall trees that it doesn't like, it doesn't look as sore thumbish as it is. But once you're actually looking around at the tree and everybody sort of stops to look up there, can I get a perception check from the party? Even down. 
got a five. Oh, I beat you this time. I got a six. Uh, I got, got an 18. I got a nine. Okay, so Norhill, having seen the initial lean-tos and all those things up in the trees, he's very perceptive of what's going on at this point, and as you guys all look up the weird rungs of the tree, Norhill very clearly sees one tiny face peek out of the branches way up in the tree and pull itself back, and you hear the faintest little clicking noise as if something's closing a window or something of like a wooden latch or something like that. And as you look around a little bit more, having given yourself that little clue that maybe something's going on, you can see very clearly that this place, every once in a while the leaves rustle, but in odd places, evenly spaced, as if there's almost like an entire infrastructure behind the leaves inside of this thing. I don't think we're all that alone in this clearing. You have family lizard folk. Or something for sure. Do you want Klika to announce us? As politely as possible. <laughs> what did you say, Anthony? As politely as possible. As politely as possible. All right. Um... You sure you don't want me to yell us again? Because <laughs> I can do that. So, yeah, I guess Klika will step forward and then clear her throat. And Indraconic say, um, hello, we're friendly travelers who wish to make contact with the lizard folk of the Khazrathis tribe. And so with that, a single, um, a single, like, clearing in the leaves pokes open, and you see what looks to be, like, you know those like reality TV shows about people who make it work out in the middle of the wilderness? You know, just these scruffy, hairy-looking dudes. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Basically, that guy's head pokes out. It just just an amalgamate of all those faces together in one. And he pokes his head through, and he yells out in the common tongue, and he says, "Ah, uh, ah, uh, I don't know how to tell you this in a way that's polite. Um, there are no lizards in this tree. Um, you, uh." Tell you what, this will be a little bit easier if I just do this. And he pokes his head back out, and he starts to step down the rung ladder that, like, the branches made up, climbing down effortlessly. And he looks to be probably, like, he's got a build kind of like Ron Swanson, where he looks like he could lay the beat down, but he doesn't look like he's winning any races. You know what I mean? Um, but he mm-hmm. comes out, and he's all beardly and standoffish, and he stands before you guys at the entrance to what appears to be a gigantic treehouse. And he looks over at you, and he says... Is there any reason why you're yelling out to the Amarathian Warden's home out here in the swamp? Well, we didn't expect there to be any wardens in the swamp. And so he looks back across at you and he says, well, that's fair enough. But if you're looking to get eaten by a bunch of lizards, you're sure to put yourselves out on a dinner platter and announce yourselves as definitely not being lizard folk. My name is Jazorn Greenbridge. I uh, figure I'm at your service. What business do you have out here in the swamps? We're on a queen's quest. Hmm. Alliteration must be important. And so with, with that, he puts his hands to his hips and he says, and uh, pray I ask, as an authority out here in the swamps and an authority amongst the wardens, could you tell me exactly what this quest is? We seek the hydra that calls these lands its home. The so queen is I- to use it as a weapon of war. And so with that, as his eyeballs fall out of his head and then climb back in comedically, he looks at you guys and he says, oh, I'm sorry, you plan on catching the Hydra? Yes. I know it sounds absurd, but we have a plan in place. He says, I, I know my word is only worth so much. And he kind of shifts his tone a little bit and he says, and I understand this is likely a Queen's Quest indeed, but I want you to understand that there's such things as ecosystems. And while a Hydra seems to be something that might not have as much of a part in such a macro system, this apex predator does more for everybody out here than you think. The Bullywugs out here are kept in tow by such a creature. And even though the lizard folk themselves are dangerous, the Bullywugs cannot be reasoned with. 
the lizard folk can be respected at a distance. But if you take that Hydra, I'm afraid there may be hell to pay. I'm not going to stand before you and block you from your queen's errand. But I implore you, and of all that is good for this swamp, please reconsider, if you can. I'd be more than happy to reconsider if I had another option. So with that, he kind of like looks down and he says, it's my duty to help those who I can. And considering that this is a bit of a queen's errand, I know where the Khazra Fifth camp is. And I know that the Hydra's lair is not far from there. There's a cave encampment near one of the deeper rivers. I can tell you the way to get there, but I'm afraid in the goodness of my own heart, that's as much as I can do. Again, I implore you, if you have a change of heart, there's never a point that's too late. But if you take that beast from here, I don't want to know what the lizard folk will do to retaliate. And I don't know what will happen when the Bullywugs are capable of outnumbering. Your, your warning is appreciated. And what information you can give will be more than enough help to us. However, we have, uh, we have our reasons for doing what we need to do. And so he kind of just like puffs his chest out a little bit and he says, so be it. If you do find the camp, as I describe it, you're going to want to try to follow the lizards off into the distance, wherever the caverns may be, wherever this lair may be. I don't know how you're going to be able to do so without being noticed, but it will likely be in your best interest to stay as low profile as possible with all this and don't be found. Trespassers would not be tolerated. So the best I can say is good luck. And he gives you a rough estimate of how far away it is and how to get there. It seems like it's going to be about a day's travel before you reach the village of the Khazrathith tribe. But yeah, he gives a firm warning, however, that the lizard folk that make up this tribe have a peculiar bit of camouflage to them that make them a little bit more adept as warriors and hunters than the other tribes. Um, and he thinks that there's something to be said about them being blessed by Samanwa, or sorry, Samanya. Um, but he also mentions that the weapons that they use out here, including like blowguns with some light numbing poisons and stuff like that, are often used to subdue and kill those trespassing. So he just says, if you do get shot by a blowgun, your best option is to run as far away as you can and hope that you get enough distance between you and it that they won't be able to find you. Because if it does paralyze you and take you back home, you're going to experience being eaten uh, while being very well consciously aware of it. Perfect. So, with that, can I get some survival checks to travel out? Um, can Klika ask about um, if there's any way? Um, so, would there be any way to like curtail or take make the bullywugs go away and he says lizard folk can be reasoned with but bullywugs are here to consume and to control and to conquer as long as there's one bullywug i mean sorry as long as there's two bullywugs there will always be conflict for one will always believe it's better than the other and will try to constantly prove it unless you can eviscerate and eliminate all of the bullywugs i don't think we're going to see that happen and for its worth, the Bullywugs do consume a lot of the wild game out here that others would not. So poisonous snakes and such. For that reason, they're important to this ecosystem as well. And that's why I implore you to reconsider. So if we just kill all the Bullywugs and then all the snakes will be all set. So what we need is an anti-snake gun. Hmm. And just sterilize the swamps completely. There yeah. Just cast mending all, all in the with swamp sand. Water. Yeah. Fill oh, it Jesus. All in with sand. <laughs> Build some condos on it. <laughs> there you go. That's what. Yeah, there you go. You're a Gigi States. 
Oh, that's sad. Um, okay, and so with that, uh, does anybody have any other questions? Say we do get noticed by the lizard folk. Well, what's our best option in that scenario? Well, I suppose the best thing that you could do is perhaps pretend in some way. They're respectable creatures. They're very dangerous, and I don't feel good giving you any advice on this sort of thing, but I know that if I was in a situation where I was pitted against them and I had no chance of survival, they are very religious and perhaps foolish in that regard. If you can in some way appeal to their sense of religion or fool them using this religion, perhaps it couldn't help you out. But the common lizard folk can be trifled with and confused, but I'm afraid the tribe's leader, that creature is not one that I would ever dare cross paths with. Noted. This beast is known as Thazra Creek. Thazra Creek is one known to be hundreds of years old, near invisible to the naked eye, a trained hunter, one who some claim raised the Hydra. I warn you that if you ever hope to get close to that Hydra, you are likely to be even closer to that being. So, whatever that's worth. I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. I like, I like your treehouse. And so with that, another head pops out the window and says, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and so with that, the uh, um, Jezorn says, he says, we the wardens have many of these sort of hideouts in the natural land around the land. So if you stumble upon us, he says, you can tell them that you know me and I'm sure they'll probably give you safe passage or maybe even a place to stay. You all seem like good enough people and I respect you doing this kind of a quest for the queen. But I'm also not one to lie. I don't think you're going to make this out, make it out of this one alive. I don't imagine all of you will survive this. And I'm afraid to know what happens when you have captured a Hydra. So, good luck. <laughs> so, shall we get survival checks? Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Do we need a guidance? Yes, always. <laughs> Do we have like a plus one? Yep. That's we it. actually got a plus two. That's awesome. It brings my three to a five. Oh, very really good. Takes, takes me out of that danger zone of under five, I guess. <laughs> very good. And so with that, the party stumbles off farther and farther into the swamps. And as you guys uh, start to follow a river that you think would lead to something of a town in the direction that he was talking about, instead, I'm going to need a perception check real quick. I don't know why. Clicker's doing such a good job. Oh, that's not good. 18 minus 117. Oh, boy. My rolls Nine. tonight have been real bad. Eight. Oh, good. Eight. Oh, good. <laughs> okay, and so with that, as you guys are wandering about out in the uh, swamps and hopefully following a good path, Klika is in the front and seems to be on point here and just trying the, her best to follow the path as described. But after quite a while, you start to recognize that you're not going the right way. And instead you notice, as you look down on the ground, a single leg, like a frog-like looking rear leg that's just about the size of probably one of your own legs. And it seems to have been maimed off of something with a bunch of ligaments and stuff torn clean from the edge of like the uh, the base of the torso. Um, and as you're looking around, you can see drips of blood dangling from some of the low ferns here and stuff. And as everybody else is just following behind you and stepping on twigs and kind of moving through the thicket here, you about 10, 15 feet ahead, kind of walking up to this point and being like, uh, oh, <laughs> as you turn to face the party and be like, hey guys, you look to the corner uh, about five feet, ten feet away from you, and you see what looks to be a lizard, probably, I would say, eight feet 
I guess its head is probably eight feet off the ground. So it's it's a decently large looking critter here. Pretty big. It's probably it's built kind of like a horse. Uh, it looks back at you and it peeks its head through the bushes with what looks to be like a frog-like kind of hand appendage sort of thing dangling from its mouth. Uh-huh. And you see all of a sudden the thing looks at you real quick with beady reptilian eyes. And all of a sudden you see thick skin around its neck spray out like super wide and start to friggle and dance and just wriggle around as it screeches at you <laughs> with fervor that I don't think you're ready to see. So, nope. can I get a wisdom saving throw against fear? Now, did you remember to do an advantage because you got the fancy earring? Do I have the earring? Didn't you take the earring from that guy? Yeah, Click was getting all decked out with loot. Yeah, Click and did. I remember that. Yeah, we okay. we, we even discussed that. Yeah. So you got you got advantage on this one. And everybody's rolling. Oh, just him. I mean her. I want you to just picture two numbers in your head that you can get on the D twenty. On the single digit. Yeah. <laughs> Do you need a? Do you need? It won't matter. You can't do it now. So I would have had. Okay, I would have had a zero because the first roll was a one minus one is zero. But I doubled that to a two minus one is one. (laughs) You know, we never can get those middle ground numbers. You guys are either rolling twenty fives and twenty sevens or fucking ones and twos. So literally. One and a two on advantage. So as this beast peeks its head out from the side, uh, and, fr- and it sticks out its frilled neck and does that sort of wriggly thing there, um, you turn and start to make a mad dash back towards the party, only to see as you're starting to run back that a second one of these beasts pop- pokes out of the clearing to the side of you. Um, they are about 10 feet away from each other, and you run your full speed about 30 feet back to the party, uh, a little bit past them. So you guys are in quite a bit of uh, forest, uh, sorry, swamp foliage. But let's get a let's get a roll for initiative now, as we're about to do battle with some very spoopy, very spoopy lizards. Oh, nice! I got a sixteen plus four twenty. So Cleek is good to sprint. Okay, and I got a nineteen. So twenty for Cleek, nineteen for Dan. Anybody got an eighteen? No, I got seven. Okay. I also got a seven. Okay. Ah, roll off. What jars I get? Three. <laughs> oh no. Yeah, uh, I got I... five on my roll off. Yeah, thirteen. <laughs> Very good. Okay, so it's gonna go Klika, dinosaurs, uh, Anton, Norhill, Jarzak. Yeah. Wait, they're dinosaurs? No. I thought they were lizards. That's different things. Ronnie, I'm going to blow your mind when I tell you that both lizards and dinosaurs are, in fact, reptiles. Yeah, but like, You literally can't prove that. I sure You can. have one fact to back that up. Uh, you know, that's the only fact I needed, sucker. Um, welcome to the fantasy land. Okay. Um, <laughs> and so with that, uh, I guess Kleek is first to go. Um, yeah. 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 So with that, I guess you move another uh, thirty away, or is it sixty in your case? It's thirty. This my walking speed. Walking speed. Fair enough. Okay. Do so yeah, you I double dash. Make another saving throw. After the um, after the movement. Yeah. Okay. So go ahead and make it. D- I'm asking. Yes. Yep. 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 It's a wisdom saving throw and advantage. All right, so uh, 10 and a 3, 10 minus 1, uh, 9. How's that? <laughs> really good. It hurts so bad. Really good. <laughs> oh, Klika, see you later. Klika, like, like, so you heard the lizard scream, and then Klika matched that pitch perfect, like, built it, like found that pitch, matched it, and sprinted off as well. <laughs> oh, the rest of the party. The rest of the party's like, "What the hell is she run? Oh my god! Just bum, 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 bum. screaming." <laughs> <laughs> and so with that, we go to the next initiative, which are lay dinosaurs, and both of them come rushing out of the bushes to meet the rest of the party in a little triangular tree uh, about fifteen feet away. 
and they rush up, um, both of them thinking you guys to be weenie weenies and just rush up trying to give you guys a quick chomp. So both of them come running in with gnashing jaws. One of them's going to chomp in on Norhill, and one's going to chomp in on Anton. Oh, fuck. Is Anton within five feet of me? Mm-hmm. Uh, that one, the one at Anton is going to be a disadvantage. And so with that, um, the first one attacking in on Norhill misses terribly. What's the armor class of Anton? 18. And at disadvantage? Yep. Oh. Uh... Okay, I miss. And so with that, both of them come chomping in like that, but they get blocked away by Norhill and his fearsome shield of power as he dunks one's face back and dunks another one and is like, be back, beast! And now, uh, the one on the left that had yet to do this before, it rears its head back and, and, and does that frilly thing as well. So let's get a wisdom saving throw from the three of you guys. Picking up the party into the... Oh. Oh, no. No, I got a seven. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. I got a 17. Come on, Jarzak. I believe in you. A little bit. Jarzak got a nat 20. Finally, a good <laughs> roll. <laughs> And of course it had to be here. So with that, Norhill, after bonking the two of them back with the shield, the thing rears back, looks him dead in the eyes, and does the furl thing, and Norhill's like, you apes! <laughs> and so uh, now we go to Anton, uh, next in the order. I'm going to decide if I want to use my second level spell of either Flaming Spear or Scorching Ray. That's fucking terrifying. Well, Flaming Sphere, I hate Flaming Sphere. If I could be honest with you and everybody who's listening to this podcast, if I could get rid of one spell right off the bat, just for the sake of having to deal with it, it'd be Flaming Sphere. Like, I've dealt with summoning animals. I've dealt with summoning critters. That's fine. (laughs) But a giant sphere that every turn I have to remember, it's rolling around like this big old poop monster in the background. I hate that spell. Go ahead, Ronnie. Use Flaming Sphere. Yeah, especially (laughs) the 5e version that that harms your allies, too. And it's like I, like, I feel sort of similarly about Spiritual Weapon because it feels like it brings the game to a halt when we have to be like, oh yeah, that's right, this weird dangling sword that's following me around, chopping at guys. Like, oh yeah. Like, it's fine as a spell, but it's just so annoying to take care of and try to keep it in my brain space. But anyway, Ronnie, I'll also say, if you still have resistance, seeing that Norhill is going to run away screaming on his next turn, giving him resistance might help out with keeping him in the fight uh, without having him run quite as far away like Kleeka did. But I also think that dolloping out a big heap of damage is in your best interest as well. So, Could I do Blast instead? Uh, does that work on saving throws as well? Blast works on attack roll or saving throw. Oh. And, I, and how many feet away does it allow you to hit? Uh, 30 feet. Uh, well, not that. Is it uh, all things within 30 feet? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, if you'd like to do it that way. Yeah, I will cast Blessed on Norhill. Oh, you cast it on everybody around you. It's a certain number of people. Oh, I cast Blessed on everybody. Everyone is Blessed. Well, except for Klika, because she's too far away. Whenever a target makes an attack roll or saving throw, you get to roll an extra d4. Sweet. As per the podcast... Ronnie, you're going to have to roll that d4 for them. But that doesn't affect the caster, does it? Uh, it yeah, if I'm not in range, she can choose herself as the third target. Okay, that's fair. Okay. All right. Um, and then was there anything you wanted to do beyond that? I don't think there's much you can do apart from... Yeah, I don't know if light will freak them out. Like, I don't know if casting light will, like... I don't think you can cast light and bless. No. Oh, yeah, I think no. you're right. Yeah, I right. think I'm just going to like... <laughs> Here comes the question again. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to do that. Um... <laughs> just, okay, so that's it? Oh, oh we actually... I don't think I could use my extra action, can I? What? I don't think I could use it. I'll tell you what, Ronnie. You cast bless. You hold up your holy summon, no, you say... No, I... I'm just trying to see if I can use Warding Flare, but I technically wasn't attacked, was I? Right. It'll be on a reaction, if Got I'm it. not mistaken. Yeah, it's a reaction. Okay. Which doesn't happen on your turn. No, I'm gonna do, no, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do Shield of Faith. 
You already cast a leveled spell. Yeah. Oh, so I can't do it as a bonus. Negatory. Uh, so, this is the rule we've talked about. <laughs> I think every single session we've talked about this rule. At this point, yeah. you just gotta do it for the sake of ceremony. You have to just ask about it every time. You'll be playing a fighter and be like, hey, just a question. If I hypothetically was playing a mage, but, okay, so Jar- uh, so um, Anton holds up the uh, uh, holy symbol of the Illuminator and blesses, begs for blessings upon the party around her. Yep. Okay, and now we go to Norhill. Which Norhill has to, so he's frightened, so he has to use his action to move as far away as possible. Indeed, taking an attack of opportunity as he goes. I don't, have the, op- I don't have the option to dash or disengage. I have to dash. Uh, well, yeah, actually, you would be able to disengage and run away. Yeah, that's fair enough. It just says that you have to use your movement to get away. I don't think it says you have to dash, does it? Oh, no. I imagine it would say you have to. I'm going to run with that, also because I missed. And we'll just double-check that later on. But, okay. And so now you can roll for your uh, your fancy-schmancy saving throw with the bonus. We're going to go ahead and roll a d4 for the bonus. Yep. We got one point. 17. Okay. So with that, you break from your fear, and you are immune to this fear effect for um, quite a while now. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Okay, and then now it goes to Jarzak. So Anton and Jarzak are the only two dangling with the lizards now. So with uh, Norhill being sixty feet away, uh, fifty feet away, and Kleeka being sixty. Yep. Okay. So nice. you, oh, that's kind of sad. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Jarzak's just gonna like clap, look right, see that all his allies are running, and it's just like. This usually isn't our go-to method. Why didn't anyone fill me in? They're scary, but I'm coming back. It just grabs his axe and is going to take a slash. There's two of them, right? Uh, Does one look beefier than the other? We're going to say one of them's got a green pattern and one of them's got a brown pattern. The green one's on the left and the brown one's on the right. Okay, I'll go for the one on the left. And I'm also going to cast, yeah, I'm actually going to cast a spell instead. I'm going to cast Armor of Agathus on myself. Okay, seems like a fair enough idea. And that's the uh, temporary HP one? Yeah, that has like the frost. Fair enough. Okay, and so that's the end of that. And now it goes to Klika. Klika double moves, unless you had anything else you're going to do. I don't think there is. No, there's nothing else I can do. Okay. So now it goes to Klika. Klika panics and runs an additional 60 feet, getting about 120 foot of distance. Uh, you want to roll another saving throw at advantage? Yep. Uh, here we go. Does a 15 do it? That sure does. Huzzah. You know what's so sad? You only needed a 10. It's not I'm... that high a number. And it's like, you got fucking nine. And I'm like, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> so at 120 feet away, Kalika regains her spirits with that shiny earring in her ear, being like, "You can do it." And you're like, "I can do it." And now we go to Anton. Oh wait, no, we go to the dinosaurs. Who am I, kid? Man, Dilophosaurus, <laughs> silly boys. And so with that, the Dilophosaurus goes ahead and launches a bit of spittle down the way at the dwarf who turned around and started yelling that he's coming back after having gotten beamed in the face twice by this particular annoying dwarf. So it launches the spittle down the way. Okay, come on. We got it. We've got it. Okay, and what's your armor class? 18. Oh, so he missed on disadvantage. And so it spits down the way and it squirts off your shield and splatters like a bunch of guts. Uh, now the other one that's still there tries to take a chomp in on a particularly popsicleized Jarzak. So what's your armor class? 16. Okay. And I missed. Fair enough. And that's it for my turn. Now it goes to Anton. Is one of them in, like, touching range? Both of them are face-to-face with you guys. I want a burning hands, one of them. You can burning hands, both of them. Oh, I can. Yeah. So dexterity yeah. saving throws? Uh, 
it up. It is... I got an 8 and a 9. I got an 8 and a 9, so I imagine I lost on both of them. Yeah, they had to be. They had to do a 13 or higher, so I'm just trying to figure out what I have to roll. I believe it's 4 I get an extra D6 now. If you cast it as a higher level spell. Yeah, I did. Okay. Uh, I'm just trying to tell how many I have to roll. Um, if it's 4d6. Oh my god. I is need it, more d6. One second. Alright, so dice in hand. How much did you get? 10 points. 10 points? Yeah. Did you double check to make sure you had to do 4d6 and then you added the bonus one? Or is Correct. it 3d6? Um, it's, so it's 3d6 with the bonus. <laughs> so it's 4. Okay, and you got 10 total? Yes. Okay, so both of them get savagely burned, but neither of them look to be all that turned away from this amount of damage. And both, if anything, look ferociously hungry for you guys now that they have been wounded like this, seeing the end of the combat site. So, now, what do we have? We've got, uh, I imagine that's it for your turn, so now we can go to Norhill. Is is Bless a concentration? Uh, Yes, it is a concentration. Okay. And you never took damage, so we don't have to worry about it. Cool beans. Okay, now it's normal. It only lasts up to one minute. So. Uh, that's, that's still is going to dash back up to stand in face-to-face contact with the one that is directly in front of Anton. Okay, so the green one. Fair enough. Um, and then was that it for your turn? All action surge. Cool, good idea. Noise. And then I'm obviously going to use that to make an attack roll. Somebody had to do it. Um, and Norhill crits. Ooh! Hundred. <laughs> I don't know why that reference is for some reason always on the tip of my tongue when we play. <laughs> Hundred. And, um, hmm. So how damaged does it look after the burning hands? Not bloodied, but you can see it's on its way. Okay. Uh, so then I'm not going to spend any superior die for this one. Oh, you just that proud. static bonus, too? No, you just single it. Okay. What do we got? What do we got? Uh, 12 points of piercing damage. So this thing's definitely bloodied now as you come rushing up and at the last minute pike it in the side with the head of the war pick. And the thing lets out a screech and you see a bunch of black ichor kind of ooze out of its mouth as it prepares to spittle a globule at you. So now, uh, and that's the end of your turn, now it goes to Jarzak. Jarzak is going to use a... making a flame blade. Okay. Which one are you attacking? The one that's not looking bloody. Okay, cool. So the one right in front of you, the brown one. Are we flanking or anything now? Nope. Nope. Okay, cool. Uh, you got bless. That's that's it for Jarzak. You got bless. Won't help. Okay. Are you sure it won't help? You get... Sorry, I can't read it from this angle. You get four points. That is a 12. You were one away. Okay. See, this is what I'm saying. I'm like, it was only one off. (laughs) Won't help. I told you. (laughs) All right. You know, maybe we'll start rolling D5s for Bless then, okay? No, we won't. It doesn't Um, exist. Yes, it does, Ronnie. There's a whole world of dice out there. Something creepy out there. I don't know if I still have the tab open on my phone, but they have these like weird woozy looking dice, but they're like all kinds of like strange and like melted looking, but they all have equal sides. So they're totally functional D6s, but God, are they a head trip to look at. Anyway, okay. And now uh, let's go ahead and get the next turn, which is Klika, the top of the round. Clearing up the 60? Uh, No, I'm just going to move 30 feet up and then take an attack with my... uh... Like crossbow. Okay, I'm going to say because of the tree cover that you're going to be shooting through, it is going to make the shot a little bit more difficult, but it's not insurmountable. Okay. Uh, I smell good things. How's a nat one plus six, seven look? <laughs> oh my God. Not it's great. Like still screaming. 
<laughs> it's just this time now it's with confidence as she shoots the tree. A lot of nat ones tonight. You know, we had to get rid of them somewhere in the campaign. We just dug a big ass hole in the swamp. We're throwing all our nat ones into it. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, so now you're 90 feet away from the combat, and we go to the dinosaurs. So the one of the dinosaurs that was gurgling the uh, spittle there, uh, it's gonna try to spit it in on um, onto uh, Norhill again, and it's doing it at disadvantage because dinosaur up close and personal. Uh, what's your armor class? 18. 18. Okay, so it misses. And now the one beside it is going to try to chomp in on Jarzak again. Okay, I got a 22 on that. So the thing yep. manages to chomp. Wait, oh no, what's this do? That's a hit. Okay. And then because the armor of Agathis, do I take damage immediately? Uh, it's based off the damage you deal to me. Ooh, I deal 14 points. You take 10. What? Okay, so the thing chomps your arm real hard and starts to wriggle you back and forth. Uh, and I take 10 points. So yep. what does that look like? Uh, it's just like this icy like armor around him that they chomp into, which I imagine has some bugs in it that just pop onto <laughs> them. Yeah, so the thing pulls its face back, and you can see like worms as it's like flicking worms out of its mouth. And you can see the necrotic rot going on in its mouth there. Um, and so this thing looks bloodied already as it's kind of like wriggling its face around with boring bugs and, and worms and stuff. Damn. Did you take the full 14 or did you only take the four? Four. Oh, snap. That's pretty sweet. Okay. Yeah. And that's it for the dinos. Now it goes to uh, Anton. Oh. Actually. Okay. Yeah, I'll let him get away with it this time. Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. Now it goes to Anton. <laughs> I'm trying to see if maybe, because I know you're not a fan of Flaming Sphere. Oh just cast Flaming torch- Sphere. I don't well, care. Like, I'm just saying. Ray will be better. It will. Like, right it up- will. In all ways, it will. Actually. But it's kind of weird. Why would I do Scorching Ray when I'm right in front of them? That's a little bit stupid. I mean, yeah, we'll uh, take disadvantage on the shot. I yeah, just. That's... I think right. I'll just do Burning Hands again. Hell yeah. All right, all here right. we go. They have to be at 13. I beat it with both of them. Ah, fuck. So you do half damage? Um, uh, you know... It's a save or suck. It, I think it's a... On a failed save, they do have as much damage. Okay, do half damage. Save or suck. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Alright, and that was also cast at level 2, so I'm really 46. Cutting it in half. 46? Does Anton have what it takes? But- Let's see. What do we got? 11 divided by 2. Oh, five. so 5? Yeah. Oh, we'll roll it. Well, yeah, we round it down. Okay, so the one in front of Norhill that had just gotten stabbed in the side has in, as uh, Norhill kind of pulls the dinosaur a little bit closer in, and mm-hmm. um, as one of them takes a chomp onto Jarzak, Anton from underneath unleashes another scorching ray from his holy symbol and manages to scorch the one that Norhill was pulling down to the ground and the thing falls to the ground dead with the other one being very heartily wounded and looking like it's not going to make it. And now we go to Norhill. Uh, can Norhill clamper over the fallen dinosaur to flank with uh, flank the other one with Jarzak? Hell yeah. Oh, and God. obviously now he's going to make an attack. Here comes the second single um, digits. Can I get my D4 just to be safe? Yeah, give him the bless, would you, Ronnie? Yeah, one second. <laughs> He's like, I ate my D4. Hold on. <laughs> you need a 13. So, uh, so well, 30, 30, 20. I mean, I hit it on the die, but I wanted to see how far I could get. So, yeah, 30, 20 to hit. After a long, long campaign of nothing really seeming to go past 15 or so on the roll, let him have it. <laughs> uh, and so that's going to be another five points of piercing damage to this monster. Okay, so as the one you pull to the ground thumps to the ground with a thud, and you see the other one chomp on Jarzak and pull its head back, natching it, snapping its jaws left and right, trying to get the wriggling worms out, uh, Norhill pounces up on top of the one dead dinosaur that's there and lunges through the air with the single-handed weapon, uh, the war pick and tow, and clamps down on the thing's head with the pike with a very kind of pumpkin hit in the ground like kind of smash noise as he thunks into its skull and rides it down to the ground with a crash as the thing falls to the ground, limp and dead, kicking. 
with Klika still screaming in the distance, shoring up the distance, I'm sure. And Shooting off crossbow bolts. <laughs> as the party dodges and hides behind <laughs> shield. But as Klika gets up to the group and imagine stops screaming, cartoonishly having her jaw closed, um, you guys can hear somewhere in the distance the sound of like deep bellowing horns and the sound of rolling, raving war drums as if oh, some menacing forces in the distance. It doesn't sound like it's moving, but it definitely sounds ominous. And that is where we're going to end the episode. Hey everybody, it's the Young Grognard here. I want to say thank you for listening to another episode of the podcast. If you have anything you'd like to tell me, any questions or concerns, shoot me a tweet over at YGrognard on Twitter, or send me an email at younggrognard at gmail.com. As always, keep it real, and more importantly, keep it dungeonous. Thanks. <laughs>